Old Testament reading for the third Sunday after Trinity is from Micah chapter 7. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Timothy chapter 1. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me! For I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So what was that I just said? You all know it. 
You all know I was just quoting a small part of the Apostles' Creed. In fact, I probably could have even just said the last part, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, and you would have all gotten it. Because the creed is so central to our worship life as Lutherans, I can say those very few words, and you're all going to know what I'm talking about. Well, we actually have something like that in our Old Testament reading for today. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. You see, the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed are, you could call them the creeds of the New Testament church. We use those words to say, this is what our God is like. But the Old Testament had a creed too. It goes like this. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And actually, these words were given to Moses directly by the mouth of God when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments the second time. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. What's even more interesting is that this Old Testament creed, if you want to call it that, is what the Lord, or Yahweh, preached to Moses when he proclaimed the name of Yahweh. Yahweh literally came down in a cloud, physically stood right next to Moses on the ground, and walked right in front of Moses. And as he was walking in front of Moses, he chose to proclaim his own name, the name of Yahweh, with these words, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. So there it is the Old Testament creed. To be sure, the Old, Testament, uh, God, the Old Testament church and the New Testament church both have the same God. The only difference is that we have different go-to statements if we want to confess who our God is. For us today, what is God like? How is God described? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. In the Old Testament, what is Yahweh like? How is Yahweh described? Merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. This creed, this 
confession is echoed all over the place throughout the whole Bible, especially the Old Testament. We see it in Numbers. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. We see it in Nehemiah. You are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness. We see it in Joel. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. We see it in Jonah. You are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. And we see it in our psalm for today. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And, like I mentioned before, we even see it in our Old Testament reading. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? What is God like? Merciful, gracious, long-suffering, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Even after his people turned their backs on him and worshipped the golden calf, even after putting up with a sinful and stubborn people all the way from Moses to the very end of the Old Testament, the Lord consistently responds with mercy and long-suffering mercy, and patience. And it's not just ancient Israel that tested God's patience. We do that too, each and every one of us, and boy, are we good at it. How many American churches does God need to be patient toward as they sell themselves out to the desires and trends of the sinful world, calling it evangelism, thinking that having rock bands up in church are, is somehow going to make people more attracted, more attracted to actually get coming inside the building. And yeah, that's, that's going to bring sinners who love their sin to penitent faith in Christ. When in reality, all that actually does is it treats God's house, his holy sanctuary, like a brothel, and it turns Christians into harlots. Or how about the bickering and gossip? We see all the time in American churches. Boy, do we need all the long-suffering we can get for that one. And sure, we don't worship idols like they did back in the Old Testament, but ask yourself, how often do you, good LCMS Lutheran that you are, do something as simple as taking the Lord's name in vain? And when you do, do you tell yourself it's not a big deal? I've heard it here. I've heard it everywhere, actually. Rest assured, this is just as great an abomination to God as any golden calf or high place you might read about in the Old Testament. People do, in real life, go to hell for sins of speech. Repent. And as you repent, as you consider your sin, Consider also the long-suffering, the long-suffering of him who loves you and gave himself for you. 
this long-suffering, this patience is not only something we desperately need, although we do, but it's also something that all Christians are told to expect from God. Remember the words of St. Paul. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. As an example for everyone who's ever going to believe in Christ for eternal life, Jesus made an example of Paul. He made an example of him not by displaying his wrath for all to see, but by displaying his mercy for all to see. The perfect patience of Jesus gives mercy to the foremost of sinners. The perfect patience of Jesus is for all of us who could just as easily claim that title, chief of sinners, for ourselves. We may not have worshipped a golden calf or thrown Christians in jail, but we all have, as Martin Luther puts it, daily sinned much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. We deserve the opposite of God's patience and the opposite of God's mercy. And that's a terrifying position to be in. Therefore, we Christians need Paul's example. A more accurate translation of that First Timothy passage puts it this way. For this reason, I obtained mercy, that in me, first, Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe in him for everlasting life. The mercy given to Paul is a pattern that shows how Christ acts towards all Christians, all of us here. And what are we supposed to expect from our Lord? All long-suffering. Now, what does all long-suffering from Jesus look like? Well, it looks a little something like this. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. What is the Lord like? He's like that, seeking out one lost sheep among many, treasuring the one who turned its back on him and went his own way. What punishment so strange is suffered yonder? The shepherd dies for sheep that loved to wander. The master pays the debt his servants owe him, who would not know him. The Lord, the Lord God, gracious and merciful, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity 
and transgression and sin. Jesus, Jesus, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Rejoice, for Christ has found you, O little flock, who once were lost. Amen. <laughs>